Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Phillies Today. As we, I guess, officially, yeah, the offseason started, what, like a week ago? Uh, right before the World Series started, unfortunately. Um, but now that the World Series is over, um, congratulations to the Texas Rangers, by the way. We're going to get into the World Series uh, beginning of this show and end of the show, too. Um, so... But congratulations, Texas Rangers, and I guess it's for everybody now. It's the official uh, start of the offseason as uh, the final two teams uh, wrap up the, the World Series. Rangers win the World Series in five games um, where they beat the Arizona Diamondbacks in Arizona. Corey Seager wins MVP, uh, World Series MVP. No surprise there, dude. Uh I think it's the second World Series MVP. I don't know if that's... It's definitely been done before, I feel like. Um, but wins the second World Series MVP, and the Rangers win the World Series. And this is where I have to start. Um, you know, I was... I, I felt like I was doing a little bit better. Uh, you know, even though I knew at a certain point, this point was going to come, that someone was going to win the World Series, and it was going to be a reminder of what, uh, of my feelings that were going to happen once it happened. I came into the World Series saying there was no winning if you're a Phillies fan. If the Rangers win, which they did, uh, you feel like that's what we should have done to the Diamondbacks. If the Diamondbacks win, well, they're the team that beat you, and it's like, how could a team uh, that, you know, the decent team, how could they win the World Series? Like, they have no business winning the World Series. Okay? Not quite 2019 Nationals-like, because I thought Nationals were, like, a good team, but, like, eh, looking back on a good team, but you get the case. Um, but there was no winning this series. Well, winning as a Phillies fan with this series. And I was doing a little bit of moving on, right? It, again, like I said, it had been, like, a week you know, and I I was really upset the first, like, three or four days. And you heard that in the last podcast I did, even though that was the offseason preview. Um, but I was moving on until last night, until just hours ago. It's I'm recording this at 6.56 in the morning right now on uh, Thursday, October. I'm just so out of discombobulated because I'm still annoyed. Um, November 2nd, whatever. And I'm still, and, and now I'm still, I was moving on. I was doing better. I was sad, disappointed, still a little angry and a, a little annoyed. And now I have skyrocketed right back to angry, pissed off that the Phillies should have done what they, the Rangers did to the Arizona Diamondbacks last night, which was win the series in five games in the NLCS. I predicted the Phillies to win 
in five games against the Arizona Diamondbacks. I would have been okay if I was wrong and they had won in six or seven or even four, right? Or even four. Like It felt like that after game two that they could have swept the series um, and that definitely could have happened. But it didn't. The opposite happened. And the Arizona Diamondbacks win the series in seven games. But after this series, after the series against the Texas Ra- or the Texas Rangers, seeing what they did, and they and like the games they won, like the games the Rangers won weren't very. Besides the first game, game one, which was like a classic World Series game, which was I mean, it kind of set the tone for the World Series for a second. Um, which was you know Seager hits the home run and Adolis Garcia hits the you know the walk off. But besides that, like the games that Texas has won. Like last night, five to nothing. Before that, it was I mean, it was eleven to seven, but it felt like a bigger blowout. Okay, like okay, yeah, Texas won three to one, and what was that game two or game three? What like fine, and Arizona, you know, beat Texas, but but regardless, like the last couple of games, like Texas was pouring it on against them for for the most part, um, and that's what that's what it felt like the Phillies, you know, and they did a couple of those games, they did, but. And I guess it's recency bias just because the last couple of games, the way the Rangers won. But that's the way the Phillies should have beat the Diamondbacks. That is the way they should have beat them. And I'm still upset and angry. And I can't. And hopefully this is the last time I'm going to be upset and angry. And we can move on to the 2024 Phillies. We can do that. You know, last year, incredible run. We felt good. It was 2022 is over. Magical run. Let's look forward to 2023. Let's look forward to the Phillies getting back to the playoffs. And let's see what they can do in 2023. That was different. This is completely different. You're supposed to beat a Diamondbacks team that was um, inferior, and you didn't. And the way you did it. And now I'm looking. it's hard to look ahead to 2024 still. It's still hard. Okay, it's still ridiculously hard. This law, the 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 World Series last night, has set me back some weeks. It set me back like a couple of weeks to where I can finally maybe start moving on a little bit. Still be sad and disappointed when I think about the Phillies. Maybe still be a tiny bit upset. Like I'm still like a nine or ten out of ten pissed off at this Phillies team right now. I'm still ticked off at the Philadelphia Phillies. Because last night was a reminder, and the way that the Texas Rangers beat the Arizona Diamondbacks in five games, it's, you know, I mean, again, there was no winning, and that was on my mind, but I was starting to move on a little bit. You know, Eagles-Dallas this week, um, you know, Flyers have been playing okay, Sixers trade Harden, like all these good things happen, but then the Rangers, you know... The, them beating them in five games, and of course I'm taking this personal because I picked the Phillies to win in five games over the Arizona Diamondbacks, but that's the way it happened, and I know a lot of people out there picked the Phillies to win uh, You know, maybe in five, maybe six games, which I didn't think was realistic, um, but I that, I guess the Diamondbacks proved, us, to, proved me wrong there too. Um, but even after game two, people were like, oh yeah, like uh, Phillies are going to sweep now, or Phillies in five games, and people were you know coming around to that. And it's just tough, man. It sent me back weeks. I'm not going to say months. That's, that's crazy. Sent me back weeks. And I'm not really going to be, I don't want to say, is over it the right word? Because I'm never really going to be over this. 
unless they do something here in the coming years, the next couple of years to, um, you know, win a World Series or something like that. Um, but still, like, this year was an opportune year. You could have beat the Texas Rangers. You could have beat them. Um, you could have beat the Texas Rangers. It wouldn't have been easy. It would have been a good series, but I think they, they could win. They could have won. They had an opportunity. They had a chance to beat the uh, to beat the Texas Rangers. But Texas Rangers doing what the Phillies should have done and proved to the world why they are the superior team. And albeit uh, without Adolis Garcia, who was w- the best postseason player, you know, this playoffs the last month. So without him and without Scherzer, and, you know, Scherzer hadn't, Hadn't been great since come back from the injury, but still, like big name, big name. Um, so yeah, so I'm not. I'm probably not going to really start moving on from this until December, January, where we're talking about the hot stove and what the Phillies can do um, this offseason to possibly resign Aaron Nola if they don't replace him. Um, you know, see what happens with Reese Hoskins, get a bullpen piece. Like I talked about in the offseason preview. If you didn't listen to that and you want to hear more about the offseason. Um, go listen to my off-season preview. Uh, that was the last episode I did, so scroll down if you're on Spotify. If you're on Apple, just, you know, maybe uh, just scroll down and you can listen to that episode because that episode still applies right now. Nothing has really changed as far as uh, my outlook uh, for the off-season. And we'll kind of get into that a little bit um, here as I'm going to do my best here to transition from my anger and still being upset the reasons why we should look forward to the 2024 Philadelphia Phillies. And there are a lot of good things to look look forward to, and this makes me feel a little better in the moment. It's not going to cure anything, but it's going to help me feel better in the moment, and hopefully it can help a lot of you guys out there feel better in the moment as well, because that's what I want this to be. It's a therapy session. Ricky Ricardo uh, talked about it last night on the air. He wanted it to be a therapy session. Um, as he talked about the World Series and, you know, kind of uttered some a lot of the same things that I've been saying uh, already um, here in the, on, on the show. But, uh, you know, I want this to be a therapy session for me, for, for the listeners, for all of you guys out there. Uh, again, tweet me at Rojas underscore media underscore on Twitter. Let me know how you're feeling. Have you moved on? Do you not care about that? Did you really want to see the Diamondbacks lose because um, he, you know they beat your your Philadelphia Phillies, and you feel, uh, you know, okay, cool. Rangers won, and it's cool. The Rangers, you know, were a good story too. They never won a World Series, so again, congratulations to them. It's just the way they beat the Diamondbacks, you know, in five games. Um, but reasons to look forward to 2024. Number one, development of young players, and I talked about this kind of on the last podcast too. Bryson Stott, huge leap. I want to see what he's going to do in, in year number three. If he's taking a huge leap like that, I'm not going to say he's going to do it again, um, but curious to see what he does in 2023. Gold Glove finalist this year. Um, really good year at the plate. Um, I, I would like to see him work uh, you know, some more walks, possibly. Maybe like separate that on-base percentage in his batting average a little more. It was like 280 and 320, I believe, during the regular season. Don't quote me on that, but it felt like that last time I checked. Um, so, Bryson Stott, Definitely looking forward to the development of him in year three. Alec Bohm, looking forward to development in, uh, I guess, year four? 2020, 2021, 22, 23. So it's year five. That's crazy. didn't even think about that. I felt like year four. But Alec Bohm, 20 home runs uh, this past year. Has no PS above league average. 
uh, his first like full year, you know, in the majors, uh, that he has a good, uh, a good offensive output, and he and he improved the third base. If you look at some of the metrics and the eye test for sure, good mix there of him, uh, you know, improving. Um, Brandon Marsh, not so young. I, I mean, he is young. And he doesn't seem young maybe because of the beer and all that stuff. But Marsh is a part of the young crop. Took a, a step this year at the plate. Orion Kirkering, looking forward to see what's going to happen with him next year. Um, I don't know if he's going to start off in the minors, what's going to happen with Ryan Kirkering, but in general, I'm looking forward to seeing what Orion Kirkering is going to do, either at the minor league level or the major league, obviously, hopefully looking forward to the major league uh, season with the Phils, but whatever's right for Orion Kirkering. And Christopher Sanchez, the guy hasn't had a full season uh, in the majors yet. He had, what, like 20 to 25 starts? I bet he was more towards 20 um, this last year. And he was great. He was incredible. He was really good. He, he looked like a two. Uh, but I'm not ready to make him the two and get to put Nola behind and not solidify number two. That, but I'm looking forward to see what Christopher Sanchez is going to do in a full, because he's definitely going to be in the starting rotation to at least start the year. So really looking forward to what Christopher Sanchez is going to do in his, I guess, his first full year in the majors, potentially. Second. Trey Turner, full year coming off his hot second half and postseason. Because, look, I, I know it can feel like the guy had a really tough last, what? I mean, last couple of games, he was terrible. He was. Looked like the hitter he was in the beginning of the season. But I think it's really important to look at what he did in the second half overall, those last two months since the standing ovation, and the last, you know, in the postseason. He was hot in the postseason. OPS was, it felt like it was like 2,000. So I'm really looking forward to what Trey Turner is going to do and for a full year now. Or, I mean, he had a full year last year. You know what I mean. But coming off the hot second half slash postseason. So Trey Turner, full year, hopefully feeling good, can use that momentum of what he did in the second half this past year. So I think that's really important. Another thing maybe we aren't talking about. Really, we haven't seen multiple forty bomb years, right? Since Ryan Howard from that stretch from '06 to, I guess, two thousand nine. I think I'm trying to think of. I think in 2010 he still had forty plus home runs, but I could be wrong on that. And in 2011 it was more towards like 33 or something like that. But Ryan Howard, you know, was the last person I think I can remember having multiple like forty plus home run years. Kyle Schwarber's had two 45-plus home run years. And Howard did, too. I think Howard, for like a three-year stretch, had like 45 each year, like 58, 48, and 46, something like that, somewhere along those lines. But Kyle Schwarber, another 45-plus home run year. I mean, we're already kind of comparing him to like Ryan Howard a little bit from those from those years. And I'm looking forward to him doing it at the leadoff spot again next year, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, but that's not the point. Kyle Schwarber, another 45-plus home run season. Offense could use it for sure. I'm looking forward to you know Schwarber having another potential 45 plus homer year. That's number three. Number four, a full year of Bryce Harper. Obviously, the guy was hurt the last couple of years. Hopefully, this year he'll go into the regular season and be healthy. And I look forward to him potentially being at first base wherever he's going to play. I just want a full year of Bryce Harper and being able to see what he can do at the plate, in the field. <laughs> if he wins a gold glove at first, who knows? 
I don't know, but you know what Bryce is. Uh, I, I'm just looking forward to potentially a full year of Bryce Harper. Uh, I, you know, I don't think it would be crazy to think he'd lay a bet lay a bet down on him to be MVP next year. I mean, when he's healthy, been incredible, and plus coming off the second half where he went kind of nuts the last couple of months with home run wise because he we, we all remember he had like three home runs the first like three months at least it felt like somewhere around there. So full year of Bryce Harper. That is number four. Number five, another year, productive year from Nick Castellanos. Nick has, uh, you know, his first year was terrible. First year was terrible at the plate in the field. Second year, above average at the plate, still bad again in the field. But I think that as long as he can do what he does at the plate, and you potentially have Rojas in the outfield, Pache, Marsh. If you have those guys in the outfield platooning in some way or having a starting spot, I'd like to see Marsh as an everyday player next year. That's something to look forward to as well. I didn't even mention that with Marsh. I think that Nick Castellanos could be... I, I'm looking forward to potentially another productive year from Nick Castellanos at the plate. That's what I'm looking for. So I think it would be great to see back-to-back good years from Nick Cassianos because that's what he's been in the past, been a consistent player up until last year where he was not good. So you want a, another consistent year uh, from Nick Cassianos at the plate. Uh, number, what's that, six? Number six, if Aaron Ola gets re-signed, could he potentially have a bounce-back year? Now some people are saying that it's, what was the pitch clock? I don't know if I buy it all the way. Because 2021, he had a similar type of year where he's giving up a lot of home runs, I believe, and the ERA wasn't so good. It was more towards mediocre. Looking forward to potentially re signing Nola if they do at the right price and to see what he does in a bounce back year. Okay. And if they don't re sign Aaron Nola, who do they sign as a solidified number two? Because I think that's who you have to, you have to get a number two. I like Sonny Gray. Talked about it in the offseason preview. Go listen to that. Blake Snell, a potential option, depends on for the money. Same thing with Aaron Nola, it depends on the money. Depends on the years, depends on the money. But Sonny Gray's market value is like three years, $60 million. I think that would make sense. So looking forward to whoever is in that number two spot to see what they do, whether it's Nola, whether it's uh, a offseason signing. I think that's really, uh, really intriguing. And last one, maybe not being talked about enough. Can Jeff Hoffman duplicate his 2023 season? Uh, for the Phils. Can he do that in 2024? Because he was pretty much your best reliever, uh, albeit, um, you know, Alvarado, maybe ERA-wise, was better, but he was hurt, didn't have as many appearances. Um, I would go with, uh, you know, Jeff Hoffman was your your best reliever last year. Jeff Hoffman was definitely your best reliever for the Philadelphia Phillies in 2023. So I'm really looking forward to seeing can Jeff Hoffman duplicate his 2023? It's tough. It's tough to do as a reliever. It's really tough. We see a lot of relievers nowadays kind of one year, great. Next year, suck. One year, good. Next year, mediocre. It's like all over the place or it's, you know, you don't see often a lot of relievers that are able to kind of be consistent as far as being a, a good arm in the bullpen. You don't see it too often. So I think Jeff Hoffman 
possibly duplicating what he did in 2023, or at least close to it. I think that would be very vital to the Philadelphia Phillies, depending on if they if they do sign another arm. And the Phillies' bullpen was overall pretty good 2023. I think we, can, uh, we can't complain too much there, besides maybe Craig Kimbrell being inconsistent, but we kind of all saw that coming to a certain extent. So that's what we should look forward to in 2024. I'll name it one more time before we get to the World Series recap here. We'll get that out of the way. Development of young players. Trey Turner, full year coming off a hot second half and postseason. Another 45 homer plus season for Kyle Schwarber. Full year Bryce Harper. Another productive year for Castellanos. Nola slash signer number two. And can Jeff Hoffman duplicate his 2023 season? Let me know what you think. On Twitter, at Rojas underscore media underscore. Let me know there. World Series recap. Let's just get it out of the way. I know some of you don't want to really hear this. You probably already, um, you just want to know who won and whatnot. But the Rangers uh, did defeat the Arizona Diamondbacks last night 5 to nothing. They uh, they scored one run off of Zach Gallen um, in the seventh inning. Um, until the ninth inning, they completely uh, just not busted it open because it wasn't like they scored nine runs in that one inning like they did in game four. But the Rangers were able to uh, to score four runs in the ninth, gave them plenty of insurance in the bottom of the ninth where jo- Josh, Spo- I can't even say his name. It's Spores. I don't even know how to say it. I don't think it matters that much in the context of you guys just wanting to know who won the series. It was the Texas Rangers. They did it in game number five. Last night, Nathan Eovaldi continues to be a big game pitcher in the playoffs for the most part. Goes six innings, four hits, uh, five walks. Not so great, but five strikeouts. But more importantly, gives up no earned runs, giving them length in six innings. Rolls Chapman went two-thirds, a walk, a strikeout, no runs. Josh, whatever, not saying your name again because I don't uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, but maybe I can always look just to... That doesn't even say on baseball savant. Doesn't say how to say it. So we're not. We're just gonna leave it alone. I apologize, bud. Um, but regardless, Phillies or yeah, Phillies. I, I'm still still have the Phillies on my mind. Still have the Phils on my mind. But Rangers win the series in five games. Like I already told you. Sorry to let out let out a little more anger there. But the Rangers. Five games, five nothing in game number five. All fives across the board there for you as they win in Arizona and take their first World Series title. Corey Seager wins another World Series MVP, first time with the Dodgers, second time with the Texas Rangers, and that's where it is. Texas Rangers take the crown this year uh, from the Arizona Diamondbacks, the hands of the Arizona Diamondbacks in the World Series in five games. So, that's going to do it for me. Another episode of Phillies today. Um, I will talk to you guys. Let's say Thursday. I'll talk to you guys Monday. We'll try to do a lot of fun stuff this offseason. I'll try to maybe get some interviews for you this offseason uh, with some beat writers, some guests, some some people like that. Um, have an, an opportunity to do that. And to, and to do some fun episodes potentially. Let's try to get our mind off of this year, maybe do some throwback stuff. Again, potentially look forward to 2024. Spring training can't come soon enough. That's going to do it for me, Francisco Rojas, and I'll talk to you guys next time. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 